Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Schultz, and joining me on the show today, we have quite the roundtable as I've got Clinton Bonner here, Doug Chancel Harry, who I'm excited to talk to for the first time since we went to Houston for the Texans game, and of course, my good buddy, Adam Emmert. Gentlemen, we had a round of divisional games. It was entertaining, but there were also some big blunders, even multiple blunders by some teams, which leads us to the question of which were the worst. And we're going to get into that, but for me, just to get it out of the way first, but for me, just to get it out of the way, NFL script writers putting two NFC West teams into the championship, that that's the biggest mistake for me. Yeah, it should just be titled at this point Satan's Championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it was tough to watch. It was it, I wanted so badly for the opposite of things to happen <laughs> so so much this weekend besides Cincinnati. I was pulling I was all all in the Joey B train, but the other 3 out of the 4, boy oh boy was I was I left uh, you know just very disappointed, like actually emotionally uh, pissed off <laughs> that, that these that these things transpired. So I'm with you, dude. Literally every team that I rooted for lost this weekend. So because I was on the opposite side of the Bengals, but I'm I'm rooting for for Joey in this next round too. And gosh, well I I'm leaving my options open. I will have no hatred toward the AFC team because I am counting on either one of those teams to win the Super Bowl at this point. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I, I think there were two or three in the Ring of Ring of Honor who mentioned this as well, but. Um, I think we got every single pick this weekend wrong in the pick'em in in the pick'em spots, and that just goes to show. I think m- most of us are probably have it. We all have the same rooting interests. It was a super disappointing weekend. The the thing that I think pissed me off the most, though, guys, is it was actually a really great weekend of games. Like the games themselves, if you just didn't care and didn't have any rooting interest at all, some of those games were really interesting to watch and had some pretty spectacular endings. The the games are really good except for the outcomes. Yeah, exactly right. And all of the outcomes were the wrong were the wrong outcomes. So awesome week of games. Great. And I got to give Joe fan some love because I think everybody remembers Mr. Joe when when he was covering the Seahawks. Uh, before he t- went over to, he does the, the bet to win podcast now. So he's kind of into the gambling side of it now. And I saw like three days ago, he's like, oh man, do I love the road warriors package here where he took, he took the you know, the road team and like plus six teased all four games plus six. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, I like that. And I'm not quite as bold as Joe. So I teased mine to plus nine, but I had a nice four game teaser where I had like Bills plus 10 and a half, you know, Niners plus 14 and a half, Rams plus 12 and a half, and Cincy plus whatever and a half. And uh, so that was nice. So at least I got the emotional and the financial benefit of hitting hitting Joe fans, uh, you know, Road Warrior teaser. So that was cool. But dudes, yeah, man, I've got, I've got a couple of, so I selected four particular things that I, I was like, maybe we should talk about what do we think is the most egregious of the four? So do you guys want to go through what I, what I thought were some uh, terrible, terrible mistakes? Like, Doug, you said it, dude. Really cool, fun, entertaining games. But I don't know if that was a lot of good football. I'm not sure that was actually like great people. Like, That's the best game I've ever seen. I'm like, maybe? Like, maybe if you like watching Madden 52 to 50, that's a great football game. But how about defense? Or how about playing all three, you know, all three parts of a game, including special teams? Like, does that stuff count when you when you try to go judge football? So before we even get to the egregiousness of, of these mistakes, what I mean, yeah, the game's entertaining, but any takes on 
the actual quality of the football that we saw. Well, I think you nailed it in terms of the atrocity that we saw in in certain moments of certain games, whether it's the Packers and their special teams unit, whether it's the Bills defense with 13 seconds to go. Yeah, those those are moments of terrible football. But we also saw one of the best quarterback duels with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes that, gosh, that we'll see. I don't think you're going to get, I mean, at this point, the quality of quarterback play, there will be no, uh, Mahomes and Burrow could could rally that, but you're not getting a quarterback out of the NFC that are of the caliber of, of any of the ones that were in the, uh, uh, you know, it's more like how Tannehill and his three interception game uh, went. And that's kind of what you can expect from uh, certainly Jimmy G for any game. And then sometimes Matt Stafford. All very true, Brandon. So Clinton kind of brought up the idea of, okay, which of the ones are the, are the worst, right? Which was the most atrocious yeah. of the losses. So we've got, uh, the non-special teams play out of green Bay. Oof. Um, not, uh, blitzing a corner against Cooper cup at the end of the game, the bills giving up a field goal with 13 seconds left, uh, in the chiefs game. And then obviously Tannehill's three picks. So um, I rank these in my mind in the order of what was the dumbest freaking loss out of all of these. <laughs> and uh, if I, I'm thinking about those, I put the Titans at the bottom because Tannehill's Tannehill. And that's something that's going to happen in big championship or playoff games, him throwing a couple of picks. And really all they had to do was not turn the ball over. They win that game. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. So, OK, that's not dumb. That's actually kind of true to form. Um, the not next bad, I, I don't have those expectations for Tannehill the way I do Jimmy G. Right. So then the next least dumb, uh, <laughs> loss out of those, uh, for me is the bills giving up a field goal with 13 seconds left. And the reason I say that is at that point in the game, both of those defenses were completely gassed, like just done, done, done. So I don't care if they had a blitz to play prevent had, you know, just, ran all their DBs back to the uh, field goal line, you know, where the the field goal kicker was good from. Like, they weren't stopping anything. So it's just whoever happened to have the ball with even three seconds left was probably going to win that game. There was just nothing to be done. The defenses were just out of gas. Before before we get to the next tier there, I do want to poke at this one with you guys and ask too. For me, it wasn't just about – they played prevent on the play to to Hill, which got him to like the 50 or whatever. And then whatever, they get Kelsey open and that's a field goal. Fine. And I agree they were gassed. That that part, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. But what about the fact that they don't squib the freaking kickoff? They take zero seconds from 13 seconds, not a second ticked off. But all they got to do is squib the ball and try to get to the five-yard line. And you know what happens then too? Like you get the ball in dude's hands, he's probably going to try and go play hero ball. You know, start to start to, you know, get upfield, toss it backward, do a little Music City Miracle type thing. And you, you might end up with like a tackle at the 40 yard line with no time left. They didn't even give that a chance. So like on the stupid factor, man, I don't know how you don't burn some clock with the kickoff. So is that part of is that? Does that change your, you know, your opinion there? Or for Brandon or DCH, uh, is that part of what you guys were thinking already? Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Clint. I I totally get what Adam's saying in terms of the gassed defenses. And so the bigger blunder for me, it's you're going to expect that the defense is not going to be able to hold. The bigger blunder for me is you've got to put your defense in at least a position where they've got 
you know, seven or eight seconds to run off this clock rather than the 13. And the fact that they couldn't figure out how to do that for their defense and give them a give them an opportunity here was it was probably the bigger blunder. I'd probably escalate them up the list a little bit for that. What about you there, Brandon? So how about not uh, waiting until the final play of regulation for the Bills to throw that touchdown pass? Because shoot, the way Josh Allen was playing, he was playing so well that you could have probably milked the clock down to the final play and just have him decide that, oh, I'm going to throw and wait and throw the touchdown with four seconds left on the clock. And then it's, and then it's ball game. Yeah, I'm, more, well. I'm more frustrated with the Chiefs. Well, uh, to get back to your squib thing, though, real quick, uh, Clinton, um, color me stupid because I didn't think about that at all. And that's actually a really great strategy that I would have totally missed if I was the head coach and I'd be Honestly, lying if I said I, otherwise. At that point, though, with 13 seconds left, I thought this game's over anyway. Just, yeah, get out of bounds and what are they going to do? To Romo's credit, he was calling. I, I'm sitting there tweeting away. I'm like, I'm like, how do they not kill at least a few seconds? So I was... From jump shoot, I'm like, this is this might this might come back to bite him in the ass, which is crazy. So, but go ahead, man. So you you were going to continue, Adam? Oh well, when it comes to the Bills, I'm more mad. Uh, I think it was the previous score that they gave up the 68 yarder to Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. Like Romo sitting there talking about, oh, they're double teaming him, and then he like shows the safety that's his double team. And he's like, what, 45 yards away from Tyreek Hill? Like, that's not a double team. All he was doing was standing out there and picking his nose. Like, if you're going to double team him, maybe actually double team him. I don't know. But uh, that was frustrating. Now, uh, so the next, uh, the second to last, uh, or the second worst of the boneheaded plays, uh, to me, has to be the special teams debacle for the Packers. I just... I don't understand how you can't figure out special teams throughout an entire season. I mean, Simmons talked about it on his podcast. They were their DVOA for special teams was like historically terrible. So that was frustrating because the Niners had zero business winning that game. Zero. They had negative seven yards after the first quarter of offense. That's a joke. But by far and away, the worst. Sending a corner blitz off of Cooper Cup and leaving him, you know, open in any degree. Like that's just bonehead of bonehead mistakes. That I don't know how you let that happen, Todd Bowles. That's it's so dumb. But the worst part of it was is I came back from the sawmill and caught Brady uh leading him down to tie the game, like two or three plays before Fournette scored, right? And right about then, my pizza was done from across the street. They score. It's tied up. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to get the pizza. I'm coming back and watching <laughs> overtime. And when I got back into the room, there's Matt Stafford on the Catfish. screen <laughs> talking about how they just were able to win and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? What, what happened? <laughs> like, I don't understand. That's just, it's just dumb. And it's the most annoying of all of them out of the most annoying weekend of football I've seen in my life. I I think part of Adam's frustration there goes along with wanting to watch overtime and the pizza and and all that (laughs) stuff. A lot of the personal situation. Yeah, screwed up my plan. It screwed up my plan. You had a nice plan. It affected me personally. Well, you know, if, if we're talking about screwing up plans, then that's leading me to what I would put at number one. Let's take a break. We'll come back and I'll give you my thoughts on which team had the biggest blunder in my eyes. That's up next. We are talking about the biggest mistakes and blunders from the divisional round of the NFL playoff games. And before the break, Adam, you had the Bucks blitzing Stafford at the end of the game at number one. And you had Green Bay special teams at number two. 
I think I would flip-flop those because the worst to me was the Green Bay Packers special teams unit. All you have to do, all you have to do is kick that field goal at the end of the first half, then you're up 10 nothing, and then in the second half not have a punt blocked, and the Niners aren't winning that game. They, they just aren't. And so you essentially, you gave 10 points to your opponent just on special teams, just unnecessarily. So for me, that was by far the number one. It was a, a, a 10-point swing just based on having inept special teams. It did seem to me too, like, um, you know, like, wouldn't you do some other things to potentially get the blocking better? You know, like whatever you got to do, it's like they're getting blown up right through the middle with, with the, with the, the two blocks. So isn't there something you could configure to like, to, to put a stop to that for green Bay? I mean, evidently not. Um, and, and that, and that's that, not that was, like we witnessed any kind of great special teams from the 49ers perspective when the Seahawks played them twice. No, no. They, they scored the touchdown on the on the fake punt. No, they they were they were, you know, average at best when it came to that, like kind of lackluster with, with special teams. We we were a much better special teams unit. Um that that part and plus people I think people forget because it started so early. The Packers got the ball and scored. It was seven nothing within like five minutes. And I'm sitting there going, all right, you know, Rodgers is on. They, they, they're pounding the ball. Like Devontae Adams, I had like 17 catches the first friggin' drive. I, I thought, I thought, you know, this is going to be, it was funny. People were commenting it on Twitter that FanDuel was asking people to cash out. Like, you know, like, oh, they're, they're offering to cash out. Like you could get, you know, whatever, get half your money if you bet the Packers. Um, you know, and the joke was on them, I guess. But that, that to me, probably the most egregious loss was the Packers losing at home because the Niners really are just couldn't do anything the, the offensively. But I, I think the, to me, I, I think the bills are still like my number one, like you cannot blow that game. You've got it. You got to burn clock, but maybe the most individually dumb call. I think I'm with Adam in that one. Like the most, the most egregious one dumb play is blitzing the guy covering Cooper cup. And then your safety, he didn't look like he was prepared to run with cup downfield. Like he turns Really late. I mean, obviously, we all saw how that how that ended. But what did he think was going to happen? <laughs> you know, it's like it's a quarterback blitz. You probably got to know that you know, you're going to be responsible for a cup over the top. Um, so it was just it was a blunder across the board, man. It was very head shaking. And and like you said, you get back with your pizza and you got to watch, you know, Matt freaking Stafford sit there and talk about how they won the game, which is which is frustrating because Adam, beginning of the year. You were one of the only people that were like, listen, the Stafford quarterback change is a much bigger deal than people want to admit. And damn it, you were right, dude. No, do not give that to him because it made no difference. They could have had Jared Goff back behind them and still won these games. Matt Stafford was in no position except for. I don't think so. How, okay. I did text God, I'm Adam. so proud a button just about popped off my chest. Uh, just it's just it's just hard being basically a clairvoyant of football i mean it's just it's a burden but i'm here for you guys and uh i appreciate you recognizing my miss cleo nfl moment there clinton <laughs> no problem i mean you're the sayer of suits so how about you dch did you uh what did you have a number one so we got we got some similarities but we got some uh some you know differences too what was the worst of the worst for you well i'm probably in agreement with that last one. I'll say, well, I mean, it was straight out of the Pete Carroll playbook, not to not to cover cup on one of the most important <laughs> plays of the, uh, of the game uh, running down the stretch. So, but I, you know, one of the things that I recalled from the, er, from earlier in the week, and I can't remember who it was, maybe somebody on NFL podcast was saying that, 
this was the the perfect game for the for the Niners to be running into Green Bay. And, you know, their their take on it was literally that uh, Green Bay could not or wasn't going to be able to match up with the toughness and physicality that the, that the Niners were currently bringing to to football. And I was like, it's not it's not exactly what I saw in that game. Like, I didn't necessarily walk away from that game going, wow, they lost because the Niners were just so much tougher than they were. But I'm not necessarily I, I guess I'm not necessarily in agreement that, you know, the basically special teams was the biggest blunder because it's been there all season, you know, basically, well, to go back to what we we're saying earlier in the week or early in the, in, in the hour about uh, some of the defenses, what did we expect? I mean, I don't think anyone here would have expected that if it came down to special teams, that green Bay would win the game. Yeah. Right. I mean, we we've seen green Bay play pretty poor special teams all year long. And yes, it's, it's atrocious that they couldn't have fixed it. They had a whole season to try to fix it. It's a third of the it's a third of the football game that they've got to pay attention to, but they didn't, and they hadn't up through the first eighteen weeks of the season. And so, what did we expect? So that to me isn't like the biggest blunder. It's just one of the expectations. So I think uh, I think not covering Cup is probably the uh, the largest faux pas for me. Um, and again, it just probably stings a little bit more because we know exactly how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for Clinton and Brandon. Sure. So how? How much responsibility do you think Aaron Rodgers should take for that loss? And how much do you think he's actually, how much of his feet are actually being held to the fire? Because it seems like he's getting a pass for scoring nothing. He scored 20 points in every one of his playoff games in his career up until this one. Yeah, he shouldn't get a pass on it because he, I think he's showing some, himself now to kind of be a little bit of a choker when it comes to the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. what has he done since, I mean, gosh, so many times and having home field advantage and yeah, getting out to the, the early score, I, I, I'd have a hard time pinpointing like which moments where you could point to the choke in this game against the Niners, but just kind of overall, like how do you not put up a a few more scores on the board? Now, part of that is the special teams. You know, he did drive them down to put them in field goal range at the end of the half and what what that three points would have meant toward the game. But yeah, to to lay an egg like he did in the second half too, that's pretty bad. He's got to own all of it. And and I think think in due time, I think it's already that the, that game got eclipsed by the next game, essentially, you know, in, in the cycle. So it just kind of got buried. Um, but I think in due time, it's the, the, the choke words out there. And he's, he just, he just hasn't been the man in, in the biggest situations is what it boils down to. And whether you like his, uh, his off field stuff or not, it's, I know it's very bipolar and some people like it and, and many don't, um, you know, it doesn't help that if you're out there talking about other things than football and then you underperform in the, in the biggest games, you look like you look stupid is what it boils down to. It looked like you're not focused. And there was that, that play late where he tries that shot, that shot deep into like double coverage, which was like, that was the thing too. Like down the stretch, it became like hero ball. And he was not all of a sudden, not even all of a sudden, just like, after the first or second quarter, he was not taking what was there, which we've been screaming about so, for years now with like, dude, Russ, take the underneath stuff. It's freaking there. So that second to last on that last drive where they go three and out and have to punt it away, that second um, down, he takes like a deep shot, like 45 yards down, like a post, completely double covered. And if you go back and watch, 
oh, I don't know who it is. It's Devontae Adams is over the middle, about 25 yards downfield, wide open, in stride, wide open, and he's playing hero ball. So he's got, he should wear all that. I got two very good buddies. So I have a great text thread with a diehard Bills fan from Long Island, diehard. The dude's so bang. His name's Louis, Louis Piazza. So Louis, we, uh, he's, he had a rough day. He called out of work. And then two, and then Johnny Parmesan, a big, a big uh, Chiefs head himself, and a buddy named Chappie. They're both Packers fans. All year long, they're like, they're like, yeah, this is going to be great when, when uh, Crosby misses a field goal and, and we lose. Like all year long. So to, to your point, Doug, completely expected. And then uh, like feet to the fire type stuff, Adam. Both those dudes were like, they're like, yeah, like Rogers has got to own this. Like, and, and they're the legit, they're legit pack fan, been so for 30 years and they know, they know football and, and they're like, no, Rogers did not play well, period. And now he's probably gone too, which is going to be super interesting, which by the, I don't know about you guys. I like the idea that Russ is kind of like second, third, fourth fiddle when it comes to which QB carousel might happen. And Rogers yeah. could take all that BS spotlight, which kind of makes me happy. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know that Russ is on the carousel at all, except for in the media's right. mind, but that's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to get a little to uh, the next question. I know you wanted to get to Clinton with your name on the screen here. OT rules are fine. Uh, well, number one, hundred percent agree. And also uh, I want to uh, give a giant do better to Jim Nance, who started the conversation about the OT rules before they were even done with the broadcast. <laughs> Like he threw that out there. He might as well have just taken a gallon of gasoline and throw, thrown it on that, uh, thrown it on that fire. Yeah. Uh, so we got Camden uh, commenting here live coin flip for OG decided that game. No, it didn't. Yeah. You know why? Because when the coin flip is over, they still play football and the stuff that happened before it got to overtime caused overtime. So no, it didn't bad defense down the stretch. Ultimately, you know, caused OT. And then, yeah, there was a coin toss, but you can still go play defense. And I don't, you know, the, the stats of the stats, like since they changed the OT rules, like 53% of the coin toss toss winners win the game, but they're like, but it's 10 and one, the playoffs. I get that. A, that'll come back that, you know, that law of averages that will come back down over time. That's a really small sample size. And B, you have the best quarterbacks playing in the playoffs. So yeah, you're going to get that outcome more often. But universally, what in life is more freaking fair than a coin toss? It is literally 50-50. So, you know, come up with more convoluted rules to like, let's do field goals with flag football to win the game. It's just stupid. I, I just, the, and the reason I could say all this too is I didn't hear one Buffalo Bills fan catfish about this. Not one. They didn't care that the OT blew it for them. Everybody else is imposing this on the, their fandom. And they're like, yeah, great. Why do we play prevent defense and let Tyreek Hill just run wide open with, with some time left? So, you know, so Bills fans are owning up to the fact that it was them. So for me, it's just like, I just, for me, it's like, shut up, shut up about changing OT rules and, and play some defense, play a little bit of freaking defense. Yeah. I'm glad that we saved this though, because it is the, the most unfortunate thing. And I said this to you yesterday, Adam, was that yes, the conversation I wanted to give you credit for that. You are Brandon Thomas. Like, but the second that that happened, the first thing you sent me was, and here we go. We're going to have to have this conversation all offseason. Yeah, and you're we're talking about right. this instead of an amazing weekend of football. And so I'm glad we we talked about some of the amazing football first and not just a, a rule that it probably doesn't need to be changed. But, okay, you brought up Joe Fan earlier, Clinton. Sure. I'll, I'll bring up his point here. 
you're telling me the NFL has a rule on the books that kept two amazing quarterbacks from both seeing the field in overtime. How can that be? I mean, sure. I mean, maybe. I, I don't think the rule kept kept them from from the rule didn't keep exactly. Josh Allen from having a shot. The fact that the Buffalo Bills could not get a stop prevented it because that's that's what it is. So it's oh my god, it, that's not not the coin flip. It's not that's not fate or or the lack thereof fate. It, it's they didn't stop them and and that's not a rule. That's okay. Now give defense. me an argument other than defense matters. Uh, as to why, <laughs> what what other argument is there? That is the I, why do I have to defend a third of the game? Like one of the most important fa- they're, oh, so they're all important. We you can't do it. You can't come up with any other argument other than defense matters and because football. it's a hundred percent correct. So you lose the coin toss. Well, boo freaking who? Go out and play half of the game go out there and be a defense well i think we also discussed that part of this had to do with how that special teams was handled at the end of regulation yep, in this absolutely. game and i think we could also point to the run game who who was the bill's number one rushing attack josh allen josh allen that that's a problem i mean it's awesome for him he's a he's a super glitch in the system but that's a problem for the bills when it comes to to, to playoff football right I would also point that same direction. We haven't talked about this game a lot, but I would also point that same direction for the Titans. Boy, does Derrick Henry just look like a shell of himself? Like he couldn't figure out how to get past the line of scrimmage. I get all the circumstances. But again, it's not about him necessarily. It's about they're relying on a superstar running back to help them win a game, and he cannot do it, and hence they're out of the playoffs now. All right, Clinton. Well, before we get on out of here, I I know you had one final take on Tom Brady because the, the big question is, is that the last that we're going to see of Tom Brady, whether it's for the Bucks or another team? Is that the last of him? Yeah. So Adam is Adam's giving away, giving away the ghost in a good way. I, I don't think so. But I also think that this entire story, my hot take on Brady is that this whole story is planted because they, they leak it out before the game, full well knowing this is not last year's Bucks team. And there's a chance they, they lose to the Rams. Like that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a coin toss game comes down to to a, a, a last second field goal. That's what Vegas thought it was. And, and lo and behold, th- there we go. Right. So they leak a little story out there and you got who who was calling the game. Was that uh was that who was that Romo and Nance doing the uh whatever it was? And they're they're talking about it. Is this Brady's last? Could this be Brady's last? And then after it's all about it's all about his potential retirement cycle. And I, I my flat take is this is leaked on purpose and it is done to gain empathy and gain some sympathy and gain MVP votes that this was a tactic to be like, put it out there and be like, I want, we want, Hey, this might be Tom's last ride. All right. Shucks didn't go the the right way, but he played well. He taught, he tied it up and let's get the MVP votes, you know, suctioned away from Rogers and over to Brady. I think it's 100% a little, a little bit of bait they put out there to do so. So no, I don't think he's retiring B I think it was a very smart tactic. I think he will siphon MVP votes because of this leak. That's that's my my Brady hot take. What do you dudes think? Oh, I, I'm with you 100%. Tom's going to be back. Look, and I can tell you why. Because he's said how many years ago that he's going to be back. He's always said, I'm going to play until I'm 45. And he's what? 44. 44. That means he's coming back for one more. Tom Brady, whatever you think of him, and I know a lot of people have an irrational hate for him, Dave Bloomquist. But uh, <laughs> you know, with that said, with that said, he's a man of his word. 
he's going to be back for one more year. He didn't go out injured. He didn't go out playing poorly, anything like that. He just ended up with a team that was banged up around him. He's not going out like that. Not in a million years. Well, one, one question for the group. Does he get, is there a possibility? Could you see Tom Brady ending his career as a 49er? Ooh, I could, I could see it. I, if, if he leaves the bucks this off season and he has that opportunity to do one year, obviously the Niners aren't sold with Trey Lance. It's not like Jimmy G is going to win the Super Bowl. He's going to go to the Super Bowl because the 49ers own the Rams, but you know, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. So, uh yeah, they could th- I could see that happening that they they kick him to the curb even after a Super Bowl appearance and then you got Tom Brady to mentor Trey Lance for one more year and he he rides out in style that way. Well, we've been we've been saying suits the whole time. So, that that's a, a little Mama Cleo on my way, but go ahead get uh Doug. What do you think the upside is for Brady? Uh, one more really good shot with, with a great defense or very good defense that could run the ball. Cause what's better than winning another Super Bowl with another team when you do it with three teams, <laughs> you just, you know, go, he's, he's a California kid by he's born in California. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so oh, yeah, he was a big Niners yeah. fan growing up. Yeah. I'll tell you why I can't see it. Clinton. Why I can't see him with the 49ers. Cause it would make my eyeballs bleed and I couldn't see through the blood. <laughs> Right? Like, I just, no, please no. For the love of God, no. I got to watch Satan's championship next weekend. I don't need this too coming up in my life. Yes. What else do you call a game that literally has no positive outcome that that you can even root for? Not only that, this is the game the NFL chooses to put out last on Sunday. So we don't even get a game to, to wash that disgusting taste out of our mouth. But gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. Apart from the talk about the 49ers and Rams playing, I enjoyed it. And if you're listening and you want more of this throughout the offseason, become a member of the flock at getintheflock.com. It helps to support everything we're doing. If you want to watch these shows live, you can follow the Seahawkers podcast on YouTube, and then you'll get the notifications so you can join in and interact with the show. But that is going to do it for today. Also, check out fieldgoals.com if you want more reaction around the divisional round games. Mookie Alexander has an enemy reaction post up. And you can see why Titans fans, just even, even through the first part of that article, you can see why Titans fans now have their eyes on our quarterback, Russell Wilson, now this offseason. And when they're saying things like, trade all the first round picks, now, now I have to go and see just how many first-round picks the Titans actually have. So once again, that's up at fieldgoals.com, and I will be back soon with more Seahawks talk. So until next time, go Hawks.